It seemed like last night the Wild and the Ducks were both trying to give away the game. But ultimately, the Wild decided that they wanted to grab the win, and so they did. We recap last night's game against the Ducks on today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Anaheim Ducks. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thanks for making both Locked On Wild and Locked On Anaheim Ducks your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder... You can find both shows on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's show, we recap a 4-1 win for the Minnesota Wild. A hot potato game, as I like to call it, because it didn't seem like the Wild wanted it right away. And then the Ducks were like, no, please, here, you have it. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about kind of where both teams go from here. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Should also mention, um, as we bring in Jason J.D. Hernandez, today's episode brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Joined by Jason J.D. Hernandez, host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks and I think we're both kind of feeling the same way after this game in the wild just looks if you would have asked me which team played had just played the night before I would have said the wild because they just they had nothing they had no life they were giving Anaheim opportunities to just kind of do their thing and then Anaheim was like eh, we're good what uh, what did you think of this one famous football coach. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm having you take the lead because I'm trying to restrain myself a little bit because I'm somewhere between annoyed and pissed off. I don't know what exactly that is, but that's where I'm at. Therefore, it is a wine kind of night. Shout out to Sutter Home. Please be a sponsor and send us wine or something. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling right now. Well, and it's Gosh. it's interesting, too, because it's exactly the stuff that I keyed in on before this game. The Wild being the, the, the team that is playing better this season in this matchup. Like, you have a few things that you just got to take care of as you come into the game. Like, the biggest key is, hey, don't let them hang around or weird stuff is going to happen. And shorthanded or breakaway opportunities right off the bat. Mason McTavish gets the goal to uh, to take a one nothing lead. And at that point, you're like, we're really yeah. going to do this? That was a gift. That was, that was a freaking gift. I'm sorry, Kirill Kaprizov, but here, have this Christmas gift to Mason McTavish just for us. I mean, Minnesota was playing like they were nowhere on the same like level i mean it's like that old graph let's do a graph shall we let's do a little l line because i'm coming with props minnesota was playing like the more you f around the more you're gonna find out 
that's how they played the first maybe 25, 30 minutes of that game. I mean, McTavish was at the right place at the right time. And even during the intermission interview, even he couldn't quite believe what was happening. And he did say in the interview that Kaprizov does have a tendency to make that cross ice pass in that position, which he does. And McTavish cheated a little bit to get that stick out. And he just used that burst of speed to get that goal. But my God, Merry Christmas, Mason McTavish. You were gifted a goal there. That was the only goal for the Ducks. If it wasn't for that gift, it would have been a shutout. So maybe that's the gift Minnesota gave. Here, we're going to give you a non-shutout on this game. Well, that's and, a gift. and credit to Marc-Andre Fleury because the Ducks had two other breakaway opportunities that he was able to not allow goals on. Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened as that game progressed. It just, it's turnovers, yeah. it's bad power plays for the Wilds. And for a while. To, yeah, until later in the game. And then you flip it and you just, you take a couple of bad penalties yourself. It's like, that's the formula of what we were trying to avoid. And the Ducks went and did that themselves. They okay. The Ducks took some stupid penalties tonight. You cannot give a team like that six power play opportunities and expect to stop them all. You just cannot do that if you're the Ducks. I mean, Minnesota's got, I would say, a decent power play, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're not bad. Yeah, it's not the best way to put it. It's yeah, it's a it's a unit that's between kind of that fifteen to ten range in the NHL. So good they're, enough, they're but they're fine. It's you hit it right on the head. If you just keep giving a team opportunities, they are eventually going to cash in on them. And that was that was the story tonight. Is that the Wild? They were able to get that tying goal at one one, and then after that, it seemed like they kind of realized like, hey, we gotta. We got to take control here of this game or this is going to start to spiral and we're going to be on the L side of this. And that just would have led to a whole bunch of things that we don't yeah, want to talk the, about. The Ducks are losing in Minnesota anyway. They're used to it. They blew that game against Minnesota at Minnesota. The goal under three minutes left because, of course, the Ducks gave up a goal under three minutes left. We knew that would happen. Same thing happened last. Remember that game last season? The Ducks had a lead, and they blew it at Minnesota in a goal that was almost last second. Yeah. That game led me to drinking. This one, well, you know, cheers. Cheers, buddy. Uh, we, we've got a lot more to break down in this game because I want to ask you about the goalie situation because uh, there, there are a lot of injuries, um, and we got to talk about the uh, the lines as well. That the, oh, uh, let, the let me drink before talking about the lines. <laughs> we'll give you the opportunity you know, I, to I bet. I bet that I could finish this before you finish talking about Bet Online. And speaking of today's episode, brought to you by BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting info, plus news, stats, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league that exists. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they've got it all at betonline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. BetOnline, by the way, is the official online sportsbook of Locked On Podcast Network. <clears throat> Please gamble responsibly. Do not bet on the Ducks. <laughs> Otherwise, this will happen. So let's let's talk about let's talk oh, about those wait, line combos. I, I have to stop for a second because, as you may have noticed, I am wearing my earphones and this is kind of blocking. I mean, there's something happening. Hold on. This is how ticked off I'm about the ducks right now. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, welcome. I should uh, I should make sure to let Lockdown Twins know that uh, that they have entered the chat. That that Ducks game pissed me off. It did. So let's let's talk about those line combos. I know oh you had god. keyed in on that, and I was a little confused myself. Oh my god! I don't know what the hell that was. Even before the game, I said, "Wait, what? What?" First off, you're going to separate Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. You're going to put Trevor Zegras on a wing, on a wing with Strom, which is okay. And Brett Leeson, second line? Are you kidding? Are you joking? That's where you're going, Coach Eakins? I mean, I'll talk about Dallas Eakins in a second. But let's look at the lines. Before, it was the Henrik Zegris Terry line and all three of those guys would be your best offense. Henrik on one wing, Zegris center, Terry on the other. You've taken Zegris out of that center position, put him on a wing with Brett Leeson. I mean, I know Frank Vitrano has been bad recently putting him on the third line. Ooh, I don't know. And putting Max Comtois, on the top line. Maybe Dallas Eakins was looking for that Max Comtois magic that we found two years ago, three years ago. Hey, hey, Seth, did you know that Max Comtois led the Ducks in goal scoring a couple of seasons ago? Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. You know, that's not saying much, right? Because remember how bad that team was? Remember just how horrible that team was. Let me remind you how bad they were. They were last in the Pacific Division. They were second to last in the entire NHL. Of course, if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't have gotten Mason McTavish. But, ooh, that, that team was just stinky poo-poo bad. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of the price you have to pay to be able to come away with some of those extreme high end guys, but we're, you know, you're seeing, I think in Anaheim that it has to be more than just those guys on the roster. I know there's been something to be said about having your top guys in different lines and having one guy go to line two to try to jumpstart that line. Would you say that works more often than not, or it fails more often? 
I mean, I, I can understand the approach, but I would say it, you're probably better suited just keeping those guys together. Like, why why take the line continuity away from one line you have working and just try to say, hey, we'll take a third of this formula and see if that can jumpstart the other. It, it just it spreads things too thin, and then all of a sudden you have mm-hmm. maybe no lines that are, are doing things that lead to goals, whereas you had one line that definitely was, and now it's just kind of a hodgepodge of players that are – you know, just out there on the ice. Felt like, I mean, Minnesota's at some lines that have, like they have good depth. And gosh, let me just say, the Ducks miss Sam Steele. <sighs> Remember when Sam Steele was an Anaheim Duck? And would it be out of balance for me to say that Sam Steele is kind of thriving right now? Oh no, not at all. He is he is having a great time on that line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. And I always I always call it the Victor Rask. Uh the Victor Rask formula is is your center on the line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello contributing or simply along for the ride? Sam Steele is contributing. And he, I thought, looked really good in this one tonight. Obviously, some of that playing his former team, wanting to kind of say hello um, to uh, to everybody wearing the Anaheim jerseys out there on the ice. But by and large, since he got put on that top line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, he has been really good. And that's that's a sneaky, under-the-radar signing by Bill Guerin this offseason to uh, to add into the mix. He has fit in, and he has looked every bit the part. He really has. And I thought he looked fine on this game as well. He was driving pucks around. I mean, he didn't really register on this particular game. I thought he would. But he still looked pretty impressive overall. And even, even had... A pretty decent shot that I thought could have been a goal too, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, and that's that's the first game for that top line that they haven't registered a point in. I think three or four games. So you'll take yeah, you'll take that. I mean, if you are getting honestly getting the uh, the Matt Boldy line to contribute points wise tonight and do what they did, I I am all for that because that line has been a little bit of a struggle at times this year. Can we talk about Matt Boldy for a second and just how great he looked uh, against pretty much every defensive pairing? First off, he made Nate Beaulieu look silly on this game, made him look absolutely silly. And then you see him just, it's not just me, right? I mean, Matt Boldy feels like kind of the real deal right now. Yeah, he's he has really come into his own and after a, a very promising rookie campaign uh, in which I think had he played more games, he probably is a finalist at the least for the Calder. He has, he has just continued to add on to it this year. And we saw a little bit at the beginning of the year, no Kevin Fiala on his line, all that chemistry those guys had last year and you know, struggling a little bit to, uh, to score goals, but it's back. And uh, Boldy was back in a big way here tonight and the wild are going to need him as the season continues, because he right now is 
beyond, behind Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov. He is scorer number three, so they're going to need a big dose of him the rest of the way too. It's still weird to me that Boldy fell to 12 in that draft, by the way. Still feels really weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I just... And by the way, I'm now I'm now in the eggnog and alcohol <laughs> portion of the show. So cheer. cheers, buddy. Cheers. I've got my... Uh... I've got my tea for the night. Yeah, after that kind of game, you need the drinks. Well, and yeah, and I can I can sip the tea because all of the stuff that I keyed in on to avoid in this game happened early on. Thankfully didn't end up costing a win or a loss, but um yeah, I I have a few more questions as well. I want to ask about the goalie situation because I know Anaheim has a ton of injuries there, and so we'll uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll just we'll just play the old game of where do we go from here as uh, we continue to recap a four to one win for the Minnesota Wild over the Anaheim Ducks on today's crossover episode of Locked On Wilds and Locked On Anaheim Ducks. After this, cheers, cheers. Today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Ducks is brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high... Get a DUI paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. So drivers drive responsibly, folks. Yes. As we continue our crossover episode, I got to ask the goalie situation is a mess, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, you could say that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? John Gibson gets hurt. Then Anthony Stolarz gets hurt. So all of a sudden, you have your two goaltenders that are playing in San Diego. And all of a sudden, you put both of them in Anaheim. You have Lukas Dostal, who, by the way, Seth, can I give you a did you know really quick? Yeah. Did you know that despite the fact that Lukas Dostal has played six games in the NHL. As of this moment, he has still seen the most shots against in the American Hockey League. Wow. Yeah. Not not kidding. I, <laughs> I almost said it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You could, you could go... Actually, I'm going to look right now because I'm a masochist like that. <laughs> I'm going to just go over to the AHL site right now and look at goalie stats 
and see if that is still true. It was yesterday. It was last week. Because Luke Dostal is used to seeing 11 bajillion shots per game. He's used to it. He even had a game earlier this season where he had almost 50 games for San Diego. Yeah. So he's used to seeing 40-plus shots. Ugh. Doesn't that sound great? It just It's just so much. It's so many shots for a goalie to take. You want to try to alleviate, alleviate some of the pressure, but I guess if he's making the saves, just keep Pepper in the net. Oh, okay. I got to take that back. Lukas Dostal no longer has the most shots against on goal because Dustin Wolf saw a lot of shots against the Ontario Reign on Wednesday nights. So, yeah, there's that. By the way, off topic, congrats, Brett Sutter, 1,000 AHL games. Okay, just want to give that quick little shout. Uh, Dostal in 20 games has seen 605 shots. He's got the second most shots against in the AHL this season. By the way, it was 49 saves. Let me repeat that because I'm sure you're like, what? A 49-save game against the Colorado Eagles, a game that they also lost, by the way, because you thought Anaheim's offense was bad. San Diego's offense is worse. So when we talk about a guy that's used to seeing a lot of shots, Dostal's it. And Erickson Eck, he had been struggling mightily. Look, Erickson Eck is not going to get a start. It's going to be Dostal all the way. If Erickson Eck was struggling that badly in the AHL, what makes you think he's going to get a start in the NHL? The Ducks have one more game before the break. That's on Friday against Calgary. Am I predicting pain? Yes. Am I predicting the Ducks' loss? Yes, also. <laughs> Sorry, just... Sorry, Ducks fans, just being honest here. So, like... I expect the Ducks to 40 shots on goal again. <sighs> so, like, at this point, like, where do the Ducks... Where do they Where do they go from here? I mean, Connor Bedard, I'm sure, squarely in the sights this season as kind of the prize for what's going on so far, but... Is that is that enough of a consolation for how this season has played out? <sighs> the Ducks are tanking hard for Connor Bedard right now. Tanking so hard. You know how we do our season previews and we are asked, how would you consider this season? Like, what would be a success for the team? What would be a failure for the team? At this point, it would be a failure for the Ducks if they do not land Connor Bedard. Being 100% honest, if they don't land him, then I would consider this campaign a failure. Absolutely. Yeah. They need him. Well, I mean, from my perspective, putting him with Troy Terry, Trevor Zegris, that would be a Mason that'd be McTavish. a and Mason McTavish. That'd be a pretty nice group to build around. But like for all, and I've I've seen this in Wilds circles is for all of the well, how come we never get how can we never get any players like that in the draft? It's like well, that's what you got to do to get them. 
because Minnesota at least makes the playoffs. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I've covered this team since the inception of the Locked On NHL channel. You know how many playoff games I've covered, buddy? You know how many? I'm going to guess it's one less than zero or one less than one. (laughs) Blew the joke. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm not my second glass of eggnog. So cheers to that. Yeah. It it really is that kind of night. It was that kind of game. It it was that kind of game. I can support the move. I was annoyed enough with the lines. I'm just annoyed with how Dallas Eakins is running this team, especially now. Has, I mean, has he given up, essentially? Is there a reason he's throwing crap on the wall and seeing what sticks? I mean, at this point, there isn't a damn thing that they cannot do with Dallas Eakins at the helm. It didn't work the first three and a half years. What makes you think it's going to get better now? Like, honestly, I don't see any hope. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the tough choices that you, you get to when you're trying to move forward with the with young pieces. Is, is your current coach, is he going to be the guy to do the job? And at some point, it's either a yes or a no. And so maybe, maybe that ends up being... One of the things that comes out of this is that you find maybe not the next guy, but somebody who can kind of start to push the pieces forward a little bit. Yeah. Since there's a crossover, I want to ask you something um, about that top line right now. Because you had mentioned that since Sam Steele has moved to that line, there's been a bit of an injection of energy. And yes, I am the kind of person that watches. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say this nicely, Ducks fans. So if it comes off that way, I apologize. I've been watching other teams' games more because they're more enjoyable. I'm sorry. I mean, Dallas is fun to watch, Minnesota's fun to watch. And yes, I'm watching the Minnesota games partially because of Sam Steele. So my question you is how much of an injection of energy has Sam Steele brought to that line and do you see him sticking around that line in the long run you know it's interesting because that was Ryan Hartman's spot going into the season and Hartman struggled to start the year he got hurt recently came back but Steele has done nothing to warrant being pulled off that top line and he just continues to he's he's a high motor guy. He is a hard worker as the center, but he's also like he's also contributing offensively too. It's not like he's just like, hey, go in faceoffs. That's all we need for you to do on this line. Like he's contributing. He brings a nice element of speed that complements what Kirill Kaprizov has from a speed perspective. And then you really are giving Matt Zuccarello, who is one of the more top-level passers in the NHL, you're giving him, and also Kirill Kaprizov, who is pretty good at passing himself, you're giving those guys somebody that can just motor around the ice, and anywhere that they want to put a pass, he can go get it. And that combo is, 
you know, they, they have had some phenomenal games together. And it just goes to show you, like, our first introduction to Kirill Kaprizov was Victor Rask as his center. And this is why, yeah, this is why I use the Victor Rask barometer test to determine whoever is playing on the line with Kirill Kaprizov because it's like, you have Victor Rask who is square zero, just is there. He's existing. Sam Steele is far above that, like Ryan Hartman was. And so, yeah, he is. Does Ryan Hartman maybe take the job later? Maybe. But Sam Steele, Hartman looked good tonight too. He did. did. He's going to be a he's going to be a huge piece back for this team, um, which is great. But until Sam Steele starts to struggle, that is his job. And I, I just, I don't have anything to suggest that that line needs to be broken up anytime soon. Maybe it happens later in the year, but for now, he's he's been great. Yeah, and I think I really noticed it. I want to say it was the game against. I want to say Detroit where Sam Steele was kind of all over the place and being a pest against that Red Wings defense, which is a good defense, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still, it's still a young defense, but they're still good. And for Sam Steele, as you said, to motor around those guys, that more of a testament to the hard work ethic that Sam Steele's put out there. And I'm not saying that Sam Steele didn't work hard in Anaheim, but it seems like there's more of an effort right now. Maybe that's the coaching. I mean, maybe it's also Eakins not getting everything out of his guys. Whereas in Minnesota, look, Minnesota's got Dean Evason. Who's a good coach. I I like Dean. You like Dean, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. So I see no reason either, but I like what you said about maybe Hartman later on. Who knows? Yeah, it's it, it is it gives them an opportunity, and this is what I think one of the big things for this season for the Wilds um, is that they have tried with all the injuries they dealt with at the early part of the season. They've tried a bunch of different line combos so far this year, and so they have some things that worked previously. That if things start to struggle here, they have some points that they can say, "Well, let's go and try this again. Let's go and try this again." But it's it's all on the players. As long as the players perform well, they're not getting taken off of those spots. And so as if Sam Steele continues to just motor around the ice and just give quality minutes, he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, how many in a row is this now? Is this five or six? Now? Six in a row. And um, six. Yeah. <laughs> Six in a row. It's eleven yeah. of eleven of fourteen, and um, ten and three since Ryan Reeves. Those are all the barometers oh, that I look at. You know what? I'm going to go into my third cup of eggnog with alcohol because <laughs> the ducks the ducks could have picked up Ryan Reeves and didn't. They could have. He's he's been a he's been a good fit for this team, and I I was a little skeptical of it when it was first announced. But Bill Guerin said it. He said he's going to bring energy. He's going to bring veteran presence. And, I mean, this toughness. team is – Yeah, he brings he brings the toughness too. And this team is just – they are different since he got put in the lineup. And it's just – it's been a Some, great winning combo. Something the Ducks are lacking, by the way, is toughness. 
they don't have that guy. Minnesota's on the right track. Yeah, it's... I mean, if the last six games are an indication, see, that's why Minnesota doesn't get Connor Pedard because they win six games in a row. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, it's. It really just goes to show you that as bad as those first three games of the year were, three games does not a season make. Yeah, you know what the Ducks' longest winning streak is this season? Two games. Two. Yep. Two. (sighs) Yeah. That's how I feel. Cheers again. Well, it will hopefully get better. Hey, look at that. I didn't force you to use the bleep button once. <laughs> I'm proud. Um, yeah, that is um, that is where we'll leave it. We'll just leave it on that sentence of hopefully, hopefully it'll get better. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Stay classy, San Diego. (laughs) That'll do it for our crossover. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you follow Locked on Wild and Locked on Anaheim Ducks wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, um, I got a shout out. So my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD, as in Ren and Stimpy, which is the greatest Nicktoon ever. Don't at me. (laughs) I mean, Doug is awesome. Hey, Arnold's cool, too. But Ren and Stimpy's goat status. Uh, The the Ducks Twitter um, at L O under Ducks, where I, you know, I'm trying to hold it together. I am hard. And oh, also, I do some writing for Defend the Nest, which covers the San Diego goals, which right now, an 11 game losing streak. Yeah. Yikes. Like, like AHL team, like NHL team. The Ducks are so bad. I'm wearing the Minnesota Twins hat just for you, buddy. Well, it is appreciated. And however much eggnog it takes to get through the season, I cheers. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> <sighs> Can we even clink? Let's see. Can we do this um, on here? Yes. Yep. There, there we, we go. go. Clink. There we go. Good way to end it.